left my family. I left my kids. I left my nightclubs, my parking company, $35 million to fight the fight. And both families, Gambino and the Bonanno family, Joe Messina, the boss of the Bonanno family, I helped him against the guys who were ratting against him. He turned state evidence into worldwide. His underboss, Sal Vitale, came in and he ratted. The captain, Frankie Copa, he ratted. And alongside them, there was other guys in their family that ratted. Along with my family, the boss, John Gotti Jr., he ratted. Ronnie Warnham, you have the opening statement. He ratted. He said that I would kill him if he wasn't nice to me. After I tried to help him beat the case. Mikey Scars, DeLonardo, John Gotti Jr.'s right-hand man. He ratted. Greg De Palma, another one of John Guy's made guys. He ratted. Fat Dom, another one of his made guys. He ratted. Mikey Scars had Joe, little Joey D'Angelo and John Jr. had him rat because they turned on him. He had nowhere to go. Another guy, Mikey Scars' brother, well, they, they buried him. So he had a flip. He had to come in. And I won't use the word rat for these guys because these guys were left in no man's land by all the captains, made guys, giving these guys up one at a time. Live. Another edition of the Johnny and Gene Show. I'm Felix Levine to my right, John A. Light and Gene Borello. Before we get into it today, another quick reminder to like the video, subscribe to the YouTube channel if you haven't done so already, and subscribe to our brand new Patreon channel. Uh, we put all our content up there early. We have bonus Q&As just for the Patreon, and then, of course, the ability to, to contact these two directly and ask them all the questions you want. And then lastly, we also have just updated our catalog for all our audio podcast versions. So you'll find every um, iteration of the episodes that you find here on YouTube, on Spotify and Apple's podcast app. So make sure you go there if you want to listen and also rate and review the show five stars there. And then uh, a big shout out to KCL Automotive. John will tell you about it in a second and then I'll give you the phone number if you want to get in touch. KCL Automotive is KCL Automotive is 98 Henry Street, uh, East Stroudsburg, PA. And uh, we do inspections, auto work, auto body, tires, used cars, and buy here, pay here for people that don't have credit. Mention us and you have 10% off. And go to or call 570-534-8497 if you want more information and get in touch with them. So today, um, I mean, people hound us in the comments with Sammy this, Sammy, yep. get Sammy. Um, and I think people really want to hear uh, your take on you know what he's doing today uh, i know he has a, a brand new podcast that that he's starting um he puts a lot of great videos up and uh i'll let you kind of talk about that well you know for the people that ask i've told them over and over again eventually i'll be on and do something with sammy sammy will be on with us uh, we are friends and uh he's got his own show coming out his own podcast coming out and it's going to be a, the life of sammy gravano on the boss of the gambino family and he's going to run through some of the topics that everybody keeps asking me about. And uh, eventually, I guess, uh, when his show comes out, afterwards we'll be speaking about some of these shows. But one of the main topics everybody's hounding us about is uh, I did Crime Watch about the Paul Castellano hit. And we went back to the scene of uh, Spark Steakhouse. 
Sammy's doing the anniversary of of the hit of Castellano, which I believe is about 35 years now. Um, and he's going to get into the details of, uh, for the first time ever, who the exact shooters are, uh, what the plan was, and he's going to detail from start to finish that hit as a Christmas special, and uh, he's going to go into his life history and his other shows. Uh, me and Sammy met, we talked, uh, and uh, so you're going to have to wait, the people that are asking, and uh, we're friends. So that, uh, for the people that are asking, where do we stand on the on me and Sammy and Gene and Felix doing a show with them, Respect. I guess everybody's going to have to wait. Got nothing but respect for the guy. He was the underboss of one of the most powerful organizations in the world. And, you know, he's uh, doing the right thing now. We uh, have done several shows, and people know that have seen me do shows on reels or different shows. I, I obviously speak uh, well of Sammy. I speak uh, the history of what happened with our family. I speak about John Gotti Sr. and uh, some of the uh, interactions I had with him, how I feel about him, uh, the... Uh, Nightlife, people are asking about. We just did a show about that on the nightlife of John Gotti and how he was to go party with. Uh, so, you know, and I, I I went into detail that he was a fun guy to go out with, and that'll be on some of the shows that'll be coming out also. But going back to the Paul Castellano hit, it was probably uh, one of the most violent eras of uh, mob history, the 70s and 80s. And so the guys that don't understand because you're coming from this era how many murders, we were dropping bodies and shooting people, uh, not monthly or yearly, but daily. It was a different era that uh, some of the younger guys can't comprehend uh, the violence that uh, ensued between all our families, uh, amongst each other, with each other, and against other crews and people that were trying to come and infiltrate into the mafia. And Paul Castellano's hit happened to be one of, of many that... Uh, dictated the history of what was going to go on with the five families in uh, New York and in the United States. And so I've actually never even really had that many conversations with you about Sammy, even off air. Um, so I'm more curious, when did you, when did you guys first meet? And I guess, uh, what was that like? Cause I'm sure a lot of people would love to hear about you guys interactions and how that came about. Uh, Sammy flew into town for, and uh, me and a couple of guys that, were involved with Sammy in the past uh, without mentioning names. They want their names uh, out of the limelight and not disclosed. They're not into any of this uh, media or television. And we sat and we, we talked, we laughed, we joked, we talked about some of the past, uh, had a coffee, had a couple of waters, and we just uh, talked for hours. And uh, the usual banter back and forth between guys and the, the guys that were involved with him. A lot of these guys have still have the utmost respect for him. So it was uh you know, it was a fun, you know, time like, you know, you we do. When was this? Uh when he just first came home. So it's gotta be about a year ago at this time, I guess. Oh wow, so that's pretty recent. Yeah, he's only been home. Uh, only been home a little wow. while. Yeah. Wow. So he hasn't and, been home yet. And what was um I mean, like the first time you had heard of him back in your mafia days, what was like the the common um, idea of who Sammy the Bull was? Well, like I said on a lot of shows, on interviews I did about Sammy, I said that, you know, he was a well-respected guy. Obviously, he was uh, a made guy. He started off with the Colombo family, for the people that don't know. And uh, he transferred over later on to uh, the Gambino family. 
and he worked his way up until he was in the position of uh, underboss. And he was known to be a you know money maker, quiet guy, and a guy that got involved and got his hands dirty. So, Sammy uh, was uh, a guy that was respected around all five families. He had a lot of connections in other crews also, and he's been around the the, the mob world forever. So, he's got a reputation uh, through the mob, and you know we're gonna leave it to Sammy how he does his podcast and explains the history went on and why he decided to cooperate. And I've addressed this on other shows. And uh, I think people already have my take on that. And we'll see what he has to say on his podcast. I'm interested myself on exact details of some of the things I don't have knowledge about that, he, that he'll bring out during his podcast and his shows. And Gene, what was, uh, you know, during your era, uh, what did people think of Sammy the Buller when that name was brought up? Well, you know, a lot of people, you know, our era, you know, said bad things about him. But I know a lot of the old timers that, you know, talk about him, murderer. Killer. Everybody's scared death of him. My grandfather told me people are scared to look at him. So, you know, that's why when people say this stuff about him, like, guys wouldn't even look at him. So, you know. <laughs> you know, in, in this area, it's very easy for these guys. And, mm -hmm. I'm saying, you know, we keep saying it over and over again. What man is going to go, a street guy or a tough guy, is going to go on internets and Instagrams and type nonsense, first of all. Second, most of them type under fake names or no pictures. And if they're that tough, they put their picture up, they put their address up, and they'd say exactly who they are. You still ain't gonna get respect, but you get a little, little bit more respect saying, well, at least he's saying who it is. Right. That's saying it, and he's saying where he lives, and he's putting his face behind it. But nowadays, you get to be a, a coward behind a camera, or a link, or a computer somewhere. Right. And you know, they troll people, and that's just out of jealousy, hate, and envy for the most part. And also, he's mafia history. The things that he was a part of is all history of the mafia, like the biggest events. Paul Castellano's hit was probably the biggest hit ever in the mafia. So speaking of that, um, I guess, what do, what are, are there some details that you know, or do you remember what, what you were doing or what your reaction was at the time that the hit on Paul Castellano was... Yeah, I mean, there's things, obviously, that Sammy didn't know that I knew of uh, because of the Gotties, and uh, I knew the hit was coming. I mean, for people, I think I've, I don't know if it was on our show I addressed this, but on other shows, I was at uh, a Lucchese guy's house eating dinner, waiting for it to happen. And, uh, you know, when it happened, it was all over the news. But uh, they were trying to get the okay from Neil De La Croce at the time, who was dying of cancer in a hospital. He wouldn't give the okay. So... Those the moves to kill Paul was in effect for for a while, and the excuse was because Paul had the tapes of the Gotti regime uh, selling drugs and got caught, and and that whole storyline that uh, Sammy I guess will get into, uh, and I had my take of of really what went on there. I think John was just smart enough to use that. Uh, excuse of the drugs and Paul wanted the, the tapes because Paul had two cases pending at that time. I, in my belief, and uh, Paul wasn't hitting anybody. Uh, Roy DeMeo was one of his soldiers and was one of Paul's personal killers, was just hit by Paul. So he didn't have the luxury of having Roy do that hit. That was a dumb time. move of him, doing that. Well, he, he thought dumb that, move. that they Roy was compromising Roy. him yeah. they scared in Roy. two other cases. Mm -hmm. But in one other case, but he had two other cases. He had the commission case at the time, Paul. 
But I think John just used that as a tool to step into a position that he wanted. And he took something that was negative that was going on to make it turn it into something positive by hitting Paul. And I think whatever he said to Sammy and the other guys, I don't think that's exactly what was on John's mind. Uh, I don't believe that he feared Paul was going to hit anybody at that time. The only thing I think Paul might have tried to do was uh, shelve them, take them down. Hey, let me ask you something, your opinion. And I want a lot of guys to ask me this. Do you think they kill Paul if Roy DeMay and his crew are still together? Yeah, I don't think it had anything to do with Roy being together or, or not. Uh, I think it had more to do that Paul had two criminal cases at the time. So uh, at the time, Paul had two RICO cases coming. And if you, anybody thinks logically about this, Paul wasn't going to uh, go on skate through these cases. And uh, he was going to go to jail like everybody else got taken down on, you know, on that case, on the uh, commission case. So I, I think that John knew that. I just th think John knew there was Paul wasn't going to hit anybody. I never believed that. Uh, I just think that uh, he, he would have shelved them prior. And depending who was going to take over, if it was going to be Tommy Bellotti, then Tommy probably would have never took him off the shelf. But if it came somebody else, they would have took him off the shelf. So I think it was John's move. Just used it. Uh, he knew he had Paul cornered at that time. And John was very street smart, savvy and smart for the people that think that uh, John wasn't. He might have uh, talked too much. He might have did some things that were outlandish. But as a street guy, he's nobody's dummy. He knew how to maneuver the street. And he, he smelt the... Uh, you know, it's like being in a ring. When you clip somebody and you know he's hurt, you go for the kill. John knew he was hurt. John went for the kill, and he succeeded in doing what he wanted to do. I think it was one of the smartest moves on his part because he had him weak and vulnerable, and it was a good time for him to take over the family. So uh, I don't believe that John really believed in his heart that Paul was killing him. Did you have many interactions with um, Castellano? No, but I went to Paul's house a couple times prior to that Christmas uh, with John and with uh, Bobby Borrello and John. So, uh, and I was in the know at that time that uh, they were trying to get Neil's permission. For the people that don't know, that, that's out there. Angelo Ruggiero was the one that got caught on most of the wires. And uh, Neil's nephew was Angelo Ruggiero, who did bring John into the mob. And that's how John gets straightened out through Angelo Ruggiero. So for the people out there, weren't understanding why the power Neil Delacroce wielded big power. If he gave the okay, which he wouldn't give, and when he died is when the hit uh, happened. So, what was was Paul? Uh, did he live lavishly? I mean, we talk about going to his house for Christmas. Was that um, was he flamboyant with his money the way some some other guys were? Uh, Paul was a businessman. He put, you know he uh, conducted himself as such. But actually, an Albanian guy bought Paul Castellano's house. Uh, and he uh, threw a, a party for Hillary Clinton when she was running back in 2016 at that house, and he turned that Paul Castellano, they used to call it the White House because of the polls the, uh, in front of the house, but he, had, he kept it as a, you know, it was a beautiful house, but it was modest compared to what uh, the guy Sal, the Albanian, just done to the house now. It's, now it's uh, what you would call a mansion and mm -hmm. something that's very elaborate. How did you think that the the hit on Paul Castellano then altered kind of mob history from from that point on? Well, once that happened, you know, there was several of our guys that started getting hit from the Lucchese and the, the, the uh, dirty cops uh, at Polito. Genovese too, right? And uh, you Genovese. have the Genovese involved, and you have the car bombing mm -hmm. where Frankie DiCicco dies. You have Eddie Lino that gets hit. 
uh, in Brooklyn on the way home by the detectives. And you have Bobby Borriello gets hit in front of his house. Before that, you had Shorty that got hit uh, around that time, unrelated to the mob stuff uh, at Bedrocks. So you had a lot of soldiers getting hit, and uh, it, it put the whole mob on blast, obviously hitting a sitting boss in front of Sparks' house during Christmas season. Uh, I believe it was December 16th, if I'm exact memory of the day, at uh, rush hour is, is no little feat and it was known worldwide, not just in the United States, which put every institute and every mob crew and family on yeah. uh, on on the, the police, DEA, FBI, and national securities list of this country. So it was something that uh, just really at the end, it was a blunder because it took down Gotti, it took down the mob, it took down soldiers and every family because of the notoriety of that that brought to the mafia. It just brought it to another level. It, you know, it was brilliant, like I said, in one part. Uh, but the way it was done, I think, was a huge mistake, being it done in Manhattan like that, so brazen. What do you think would have happened if he hadn't been hit? Do you think, you know? If, I, if he wasn't hit, I think uh, he would have probably shelved Gotti. Uh, he would have shelved Angelo, obviously. He wasn't killing them, in my opinion. And uh, yeah, but history would have changed. Gotti ended up shelving Angelo, didn't he? No. After the hit, Gotti actually elevates Angelo. But to then shelf him later on, didn't he? Later on, and there's over other things. It, mm -hmm. You know, they use this. If he, if it was over to Castellano, uh, over the drug dealing, he never elevates Angelo to Skipper. So right. that's not true either. He he moved him up, and then later on, he has some differences. And one of them is uh, the gas attempt pipe. on gas pipe. Gas pipe and, right. and I think, uh, you know, I'm not sure. I don't think Angelo would have put that half-ass hit on uh, gas pipe without John's knowledge. I think maybe John was mad the way it was conducted and Heidel tried to hit him uh, like an amateur without any team of guys. And I think some of that, you know, that's another show that we can talk about. But the way it was done uh, with a killer like uh, gas pipe is one of the biggest mistakes ever. And Danny Marino, Heidel was Danny Marino's nephew, which Danny Marino, when they have Heidel tied up, went to gas pipe and uh, put his hands up, like, I guess, do what you want with him. So they uh, tortured him and killed him. Do you think that the hit on Paul Castellano is the biggest in, in mob history? No, there's other hits besides. I mean, that's modern, you know, if you call it modern day, in, in, you know, 85, 80, you know, so almost 86. But uh, no, there's, you know, there's other hits like Galante's hit. That's the only and, one uh, that compares to Coppola. Yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, mm. but there's hits. That Albert Anastasia. That Albert Anastasia. I mean, those are the biggest ones of all time, usually. Yeah. You know, I mean, these are big names. These are big bosses, yeah. you know? And, you know, the the thing is, at the time when you hit Paulo is... Paul's you know, is the most known. Because of the commission case. Yeah. And the things that were going on, so. Do you think when, when you said, so I believe it is December 16th, um... Do you guys know, or did you have an idea that it would be that specific day, or do they know that the hit is out, but you don't know when exactly it's going to happen? How's that process for people out there that are wondering? No, it was only very few people that had the know-how that uh, this was going to happen. I was with Gotti on their inner How circle. How many people so would you say knew? Probably uh, 10 guys, and which is a lot. Right. Don't get me wrong. It's a ton of guys to know. But... The, the know-how guys of what was going to happen was Sammy, was Angela, was John, 
was Johnny Knig, who's family member, basically like me, very close with the family. Tony Roach, I grew mm -hmm. up with them. Uh, Vinnie Toro, I think, believe was his gunner jam. Uh, Sally and Eddie Lino, which is very, very close to the Gotties and big heroin guys and movers, so they're involved. And uh, his son obviously knew, met myself. Uh, there wasn't too many more guys in that. And so it's uh, it, it's pretty tight, but it ain't that tight, actually. When you're talking about 10 guys, if each guy opens their mouth to mm -hmm. one guy, now 20 knows. So uh, it's a lot of guys to know when to hit because of a typical hit. Uh, you know, you get a guy to steal your car, you get a, you don't tell him exactly what the, that's for. You get a guy to get pick up your guns. You get a, two, or, two or three guys that go on to hit. Sometimes you have one guy in another car. But, you know, you bring a typical hit team, five guys in the old days before all these laws changed. And as time changed, you bring three guys, two shooters and a driver. Yep. You know, you try to keep it as tight as possible so guys don't flip and they don't have the knowledge and it doesn't leak out there. Was there a specific desire to make it, um, you know, uh, like the location and... Uh, the best way to get them, usually guys would say. Well, you, the you, best but, way. but with Paul Castellano, because of the name, was there any intention on making it, you know, because there's, I think there's that famous photograph. Element um, of surprise. That's what I... <laughs> Listen, they have it, you know, <laughs> the, one of the things is Paul eats at Sparks. So he chose the location. Uh, and prior to that, actually, there was a date prior to that that he changed the date. And I'm not even sure if Sammy knows that, but he changed the date prior to that. There was a meeting prior to that that he changed it uh, for whatever reason. And, you know, to me, I don't know why they hit him at Sparks. Uh, I'm not sure. But uh, if the FBI is watching everybody and you're, and you're meeting and they bring a tail with them by accident, you're caught right at the scene. And so if you're worried about that, why not just hit him back at his house where it's quiet and uh, he's got to come home. So I'm not sure why exactly they, they chose that location besides they wanted to make a statement. Sometimes mm -hmm. when you're killing somebody, you leave them a street for a statement. Yeah, what that statement was uh, is obviously pretty apparent that John didn't give a fuck. And he was telling everybody, you know, that I'm John Gotti and he had this to yeah. everybody. Now, the problem with that is the yeah. guys that accept it is, you know, the, you know, you know, nobody's been arrested ever for uh, the Paul Castellano hit. So this is going to be very interesting what Sammy talks about. Or well, that they were charged with it. John was never charged with it, senior? I don't believe I so. I thought he was charged with it. The Castellano murder, no? He All might right. have been charged. Nobody was convicted of oh, it. Okay. I, I, don't, I don't think mm -hmm. uh, there's, no, there's no convictions on that Castellano hit. I'm just curious why not with Sammy as, a, as a, you know, speaking about those hits. So right, it's going to be interesting it. what he has right, to yeah. say, really. Even for me, it's going to be interesting. Well, I guess be on the lookout for, for Sammy's episode, our episode, of course. Um, I think that's it. I don't know if you have anything else to, to say on that subject. I think a lot of people have questions, and we'll we'll answer them on, on our Q&A, uh, again, on our Patreon. Uh, if you guys want to get directly in touch with these two and ask them all your questions, get shout-outs from them, subscribe to our Patreon. The link is in the description of this video. We wish everybody a happy holiday. It doesn't, if we don't go back on. This week, there'll be a Forbes uh, article out. I believe it's about 10 pages on uh, my life and my life involved with a friend of mine. Uh, I think we're going to read it over the air on our next show uh, that we'll also put out. should be about 10 pages from what I understand. 
and uh, it'll address some of these things actually that we were just talking about and some other interesting things and we'll make it available on the show. I think I'll read the article on the show after it comes out. Gene, where can they follow you? Gene Borello now. Good. John? True John Elite. And uh, you have a website? www.johnelite.com. And for myself, at felix.levine on Instagram. And I believe uh, I believe that's it, gentlemen. All right, everybody. Have a Merry Thank Christmas. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you.